If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything. So you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. This episode of the GC Sunscast is brought to you by our Patreon donors. Old Soul, Jack's Dad, Paul Vosty, Tom Kim, and James Wood. If you'd like to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash GC Sunscast and donate. We are $6 shy of our $100 goal to introduce a call-in service and allow you, the fans, to join us and interact with our discussions. If you can't donate, that's fine. Check us out on Facebook and YouTube. Like, subscribe, and share with friends and family. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the GC Sunscast, the Gold Coast Suns show by fans for fans. I'm your host Shane, and joining me as always is Tom. Welcome to the show, Tom. Oh, thanks, Shane, and what a great week it is for Gold Coast Suns. It is, and that little clip there just showing the media finally getting excited about the Suns, but we'll touch on that a bit later. First, let's just put the call out. We are going live. If you're listening live, we urge you to jump on the chat and interact with us and other Suns fans. Let us know who your best on ground was for the game against Fremantle and what your highlight was, and we'll talk about that later in the show. But let's get on to the news, Tom. Yeah, sure. Uh, plenty, to, plenty to go through, really, isn't there? Uh, we've got um, we had a, a needful practice match which, uh, unfortunately, the Suns lost. We had an academy game uh, which against the Northern Territory, which we won. But um, I'll let you uh, elucidate our, our fans uh, as to our big news during the week with a big re-signing. Yes, Alex Sexton re-signed until 2022. So that's great news for Suns fans. A key, key player, especially in the last two weeks and last year. Sexton's currently leading the Coleman medal for the Suns with eight goals, is it? Well, I'll, I'll claim a little credit there because uh, I, I, uh, you asked me who the leading goal scorer was and I said, not Sexton. <laughs> He's leading the comp. He is, he is. So it's, it's great to re-sign him, lock him away for another four years and it just shows a really united and, um, yeah, a bunch of blokes that just, really want to be together and play footy together. So we're really starting to see that go through in the Suns footy, and we'll talk about that a bit more. The other big news that's come out today is, for those that are fans of the NEFL and trying to keep up with the Gold Coast Suns NEFL side, uh, NEFL TV on YouTube is going to be happening this year. You'll be able to witness or live stream every single NEFL game on YouTube. So if you head over to their channel, Neful TV at YouTube, 
Uh, you should be able to watch pretty much every single Suns Nefal game live, and I'm sure you can probably watch it back on delay as well. Yes, you can. In, in the past, they sort of uh, cherry picked uh, games, so sometimes you'd, you'd be flabbergasted that the uh, Nefal game wasn't on if you were looking forward to watching it live. But um, yeah, they're getting the, the broadcasting for the Nefals pretty decent quality, and. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a one camera panning back and forth up the ground, so you, you can't expect a lot. But they we've, they do a great deal uh, with what they've got, uh, much like what we do. <laughs> um, so some of it's a bit ad lib, and they have their moments. But um, their game on the weekend was not uh, streamed. However, the academy game, because it's a part of the the NAB League, which is uh, the renamed TAC Cup. First five rounds feature uh, Neefil teams and Northern Territory and Tassie, and we played against the Northern Territory and flogged them. Yeah, we did. Um, but before we talk about more Neefil, let's jump into the Academy results. You've got the Academy results um, from the weekend. Do you want to discuss some of the, what's happened in the uh, Suns Academy? Yes, absolutely. Well, as I said, we, we played the Northern Territory. We, 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 uh, we beat them by 82 to 38. Um, that scoreline probably flatters the Suns a little bit because uh, we certainly did the, the the boys certainly did everything in the first half. They were leading by quite a lot at half time. Um, the the Thunder uh, feature a fellow by the name of Morris Rioli, which was pretty scary watching him in action. Um, I, I, he's probably got a ways to go yet before he gets there, but uh, yet another Rioli in the pipeline. Um, they, they, they also have a guy named um, Jungfer who actually trained with us over the over the summer as a bit of a part of his development. Um, if if we can get another crack at him um, training with us and potentially even signing him because he was the best on the ground. Uh, however, our players were brilliant and there are some very familiar names among the best on ground. Uh, Crossley, Ashton, younger brother of, of Gooba. Uh, let's see, uh, Ethan Dawson, younger brother, uh, again, and and um, probably the best defender was a young fellow by the name of Corey Joyce, who is Jesse Joyce's younger brother. Um, but doubtless the uh, the best players on the ground were Connor Badarick, and uh, the best the best forward was Josh Gore. Um, this this uh, this team is brimming with talent. Maybe. Maybe just getting the one academy player in the draft this previous year will see a, a bit of a backlog of players come through. There'll be, you know, eight or ten players vying for for allies spots. Really, really encouraging start to the season by the young blokes. Yeah, it's good to see the academy boys coming along. They're really coming into our own, and we're starting to see the fruits of the labour with uh, a number of academy boys now playing in the Suns. Um, all right, well, let's discuss the Neefal side now. The Neefal game was against Brisbane at 10 a.m. at Metricon Stadium on Sunday. Mm. Brisbane defeated Gold Coast, 14 goals, 13, 97, to Gold Coast Sun, 7 goals, 5, 47. So it's, it sounds like a, a, a bit of a one-sided contest, but it was actually a tale of two halves, let's say. Um, the yeah. Gold Coast Suns really uh, dominated that first half um, and then sort of injuries hit and uh, Brisbane got back in front and just dominated the rest of the game, didn't they? 
Pretty much, yeah. I mean, the Suns led it 39-20 to 20 at half-time. So to give up that, that kind of score, the explanation, of course, is that three Suns players were injured in the first half. So they did well to get to, to, to that half-time lead. Uh, also, the, the Lions kicked 2-8 in the first half. So they turned that around and started kicking straighter. Um, look, the, the, the Suns' back line is, you know, Jack Leslie, Caleb Graham and, and Dirk Conan. So it, it hasn't changed. Uh, they, they, they've got these three monsters in the back line and, and they really dominated. But obviously the, the Lions are this kind, have got this kind of list right now where they've got 40 AFL players on their list and they've got a few rookies. So um, any time the Neefal team goes into the, the two clash, um, you expect a, a, a big, strong, able-bodied opponent. And we were able to, to arm wrestle them through three quarters and then they just... They just kicked away. So, um, you know, good effort. It'll be the, the Suns players will be better for the hit out because uh, the Lions played two practice matches prior, and this is our first proper hit out. We had a hit out against PBC last week and smashed it by twenty goals. So, this is this is the real test for the boys. Um, as I said, the injuries just limited the rotation on the bench, and and we got run over in the end. But that'll 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 change. Um, the injuries weren't significant. They were they were precautionary. Um, so uh, some players will miss time, but not much, and other players won't miss anything, hopefully. So all good news all around, I think, with uh, two wins out of three for the three grades. Yeah, so um, the surprising thing out of this game as well was Ben King kicked two goals, so he was playing down forward. Why do you think that was, Tom? Oh, no, there's no no place for him down back. You've got Jack Leslie's vying for a, a starting key position spot. Uh, Caleb Graham's been, been drafted into the senior list. And Dirk Conan's playing out of his skin to try and try and get drafted as a as a mature ager. So they're, they're they're the incumbents. So they could. I mean, they could have shipped. I think um, in the practice match last week they shifted shifted Graham forward and he did a few good things. He's not a noted goal kicker or, or forward player. He's, he's a very good player. Um, they're trying to develop those younger guys, including King, uh, into into key position players, whether they play forward or back. So teaching a bit of forward craft to, to King, which is sort of an extension of what he did in his final draft year, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, King's very versatile. Um, I think he's probably going to be a defender for the Suns in the senior side. So it's probably also a fact that we probably want to see him playing defense in the kneeful, honing his craft. Um, I'm not sure we really need another tall forward, but, <laughs> you know... If he needs to fit in the side and play a bit of down forward, then so be it. Um, well, that probably wraps us up for the knee fall. Uh, anything else you wanted to say, or should we move on to the injury news? No, the the the, the knee the knee fall. Uh, despite the result, it's good, very good news. Uh, we, we've got some depth, and uh, we didn't really have any injuries to come out of this game. So we're onward and upward. We have players coming back. So with the knee fall starting up this week. Uh, it'll be interesting at the selection table to see who's actually available. All right. Well, let's move on to the injury news now. So Ellis is injured from that kneeful game. He suffered a high ankle sprain and will miss four to six weeks. So unfortunately, bad news for Ellis. Uh, he's already missed a massive chunk of the preseason with a groin injury. Um it's going to be hard for him to get back into the side. Uh, we probably mm. won't see him again until up around the bye period. 
by the time he does his rehab and then builds up a bit of match fitness. Uh, who else? We've got McLennan, who suffered bone bruising from a hyperextension. However, that was precautionary that he was just pulled off for the rest of the game. And he looks to be a test, at least to play Neeful next week. Um, George Holland-Smith was a late withdrawal from, from the senior side and due to back spasms, I think. So he's a test as well. They're just going to monitor him. And Corbett is ready to return and join the main group. So give him a, a couple of weeks of match fitness in the NEFL and building back up. And uh, we should be seeing him running around in the seniors in about three or four weeks' time. Uh, yeah, p- potentially. Yeah, I think um, the, the thing that um, the, the only thing that's going to keep guys like that, I mean, we've got got a lot of players returning from injury. Um, Corbett's one, Schoenfeld, uh, Lemons. And it's only only three weeks potentially from Ainsworth and Rankin to come back. So we, we've got – there's a lot of forwards in there. So depends on which way we go. I think that's really when we're going to see some horses for courses because if you're choosing between Corbett, Lemons, Ainsworth and Rankin for a forward spot, it really depends on the opposition, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly does. Sorry, my voice is a bit croaky today. Uh, a, a big weekend watching the Suns and cheering yeah. them on. Uh, so let's get into the talk about the Gold Coast Suns versus Fremantle. So, um, yeah, Gold Coast Suns defeated Fremantle 7 goals 19-61 to Frio's 8 goals 10-58. Now, it was a huge game. Uh, just great First of all, let's talk about the atmosphere at Metricon. It was the first game that we've been to this year. It's also mm. the first game that we actually we've actually met in person. So that was yes, good to yeah. catch up, have a couple of beers before the game. Um, you want to jump in here with anything, Tom? Yeah, oh, actually, uh, my first time at, at Metricon Stadium since the the redevelopment. So. Uh, brought back memories, though. I've got, I was a, a, a regular attendee at Carrara in the uh, in the eighties and early nineties. So, um, yeah, it's a lot's changed. I've been living in a state for a long time. So, uh, yeah, no, it was it was really great. I was a little bit shocked at seeing a, a crowd. The crowd figure, I, I thought it was actually uh, well up there, but I'm I'm not really uh, accustomed to reading the the crowd numbers from just being at the ground. But there was a lot of noise. And uh, I, I, I know that there are games where there's, it was very, very quiet. So, yeah, 10,000, it seemed like a lot more than that to me. Yeah, um, I was listening to the radio while, while watching the game so I can get an update with actual players and a better perspective of what's going on on the field. And, mm. yeah, the, even they mentioned that it sounded like there was 35,000 people there. So they were impressed that the Sun supporters were cheering. It, to be honest, it doesn't happen very much. I've been to quite a few games at Metricon over the last few years especially, and mm. I went to a lot of games in their early years. And, yeah, it, it didn't really... The crowd just didn't get involved, especially not the way they did uh, on Sunday. And mm. it's good to... Really good to hear that, to hear that passion, to hear that support, and that's what we want to hear. And even Harbrow came out after the game in a post-match interview saying just how much it spurred the players on so they can hear us and oh, yeah. it's really good for fans that do go along to the footy 
to be loud, be proud, and cheer the boys on because it does get down there and it does make a difference. Oh, big time! I mean, I, you were up in the stands and I, I was um, I was on the fence, and yeah, you know, they're right there. And um, you know, players players can hear exactly; they can hear your conversations. You know, um, like you, I, I was um, I didn't listen to the radio. I actually had a, a Dockers fan come and sit next to me. And um, he, he was a lovely bloke, and he, he was really supportive of the Suns because he's a long-suffering Dockers supporter. He knows exactly what we're going through. And we were just quite amazed that all of the Dockers fans at the game, the game they, they, they were just really respectful. It was probably the best opponent you could have. Um, none of these morons from, from, from other clubs, who, are, especially the ones with Suns memberships, who, who come and, and, and have their real the real club that they support, and uh, they whack on their their whatever jersey. Um, this was a. I really want to make that point that this was a a great group of people, and I think it's a good sign that people are coming over for a holiday on the Gold Coast from the Western Australian clubs, and and really enjoying the facilities. and And this guy was was high fiving me at the end, saying, "Oh yeah, we lost and." You know, I don't care because you know we're going to go all right this year, and I've I've got a week holiday on the Gold Coast. <laughs> so yeah, that was an interesting, different perspective. Yeah, well, I mean, talking about the game for a moment, mm-hmm. I mean, we could talk all all day about off field and how we went at the game. I mean, you <laughs> like you said, you enjoyed sitting on the boundary line, getting really into it. I usually prefer to watch from a distance so I can capture everything in and from a more strategic tactical point of view. But I'm looking to change things up. I'm going to try and sit somewhere else next week, uh, next game and see what it's like there. I've done the general admission down at the Sun Screamers and, you know, been around the, those that just sit behind the goals and they're all about cheering and waving flags, getting right into it. So everyone's got their own unique, different... Um, a different way of cheering and enjoying a game of footy. So it's, mm. that's really interesting. But let's mm. jump into the actual football. Now, Gold Coast, I believe Gold Coast should have won this by a huge amount. And the same as last week. We should have won last week. It was our skill errors and our decision-making that let us down so often. And it's mm. done it again. Now, that's a good thing. It shows that the Suns... Uh, have potential to improve on top of what they're doing already. And, you know, we can kick a winning score. We kicked 19 behinds. So that Mm. shows our inaccuracy in front of goal, but also our potential. We could have kicked 19 goals seven. Yeah. It it could have been a a lot bigger margin. And we were just peppering. I mean, I think 75% of the game was played in the Suns forward half. Yeah. Look, I've got a slightly different... um, Kind of approach to, to, to on on that to you, and I'll just I'll just very briefly go 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 through a couple of figures for you. So we had five players who had eighty to a hundred percent disposal efficiency, and I know you'll go through this in in a bit more detail later. But those, those guys uh, were, were they, it wasn't like they were any slouches. They averaged about twenty possessions each over the five. So. And there were others who were in the 70s and, and high 60s, which is acceptable. Then there were guys who were, who were lower, and they're generally the goal kickers and stuff. So I'll just give you a couple of figures here. Um, you, for goal kicking accuracy, you've got um, David Swallow um, 
had had a, a a goal missed and and had a goal tipped at the line, and it was going through. Um, he also had two goal assists, so you can't really say he was he he was poor at goal kicking. You had Jack Martin had six shots at goal for one goal, so he was a real culprit. Peter Wright had three shots at goal and missed them all. The Kosher had four shots at goal, missed them all, and Sexton had. 10 shots a goal and got four goals. So that those are the culprits, but they're having a go. And I don't know if it's poor kicking or it's in their heads. or. But if you also look at the, the score worm, you've got between between, – um, between, well, you've got, let's say, 10 minutes to go in the first half and then in the first 10 minutes of the second half, there's like – 10 straight behind and it doesn't get any better until halfway through the sec- the final quarter. So that's the period of the game where everyone had the yips. Yeah. Uh, except for Emans, well, they kicked three goals in that third quarter and that's essentially what put them up and gave them any chance. Besides that, Fremantle were pretty bang average themselves and I, I was confident of that last week. Uh, yeah. The media train tried to tried to drag Fremantle up, but in reality, they've won just as many away games as the Suns in the last two or three years. So they're a different beast when they're playing mm. away from uh, Subiaco, or I think in this case, it's uh, uh, Optus Stadium now, I think. So, um, I mean, yeah, but back to your point with disposal efficiency, the uh, so many of the players were terrible, not just the Suns, Frio as well. And yes. I, I was hearing on the commentary, they were saying that's due to the sun. Transferring the ball from the shadows out into the sun seemed to be a bit tricky for players. And mm. I noticed, especially during that second and third quarter, how the suns would transfer the ball from one end to the other, but they'd go along the, the outside, the fat end, uh, yep. in the sun, and you try to stay out of that shade. Um, mm. And I actually remember noticing that a number of years ago as well. So it does seem to be a thing at Metricon Stadium in the day where the players are aware to try to keep the ball in the sun than in the shadows. Do you think that's a... Ready to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumkey is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumkey will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumkey. Apply now at RumkeyCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer. Restrictions apply. Having a big impact with the disposal efficiency. Yeah, I, I think I think it does, but it's not. It doesn't explain the whole thing. Um, it's it's part of it. It explains drop marks. It explains players losing the ball in the sun. I mean, um, I was watching myself on TV, and I had and, and I could tell it was me because I had a big wide arm up covering my eyes <laughs> so I could watch the, the, the game. So if, if I've got to shield my eyes just to watch the game, imagine the players, um, they, they don't have that luxury really. Um, but, yeah, I, I, to me, I think that the reason why a lot of players, I mean, look at Sean Darcy, you know, he had a great, great contest uh, and he had 16.7% disposal efficiency. So, yeah, that that's for a guy who only gets the ball six times. He's had four clangers and one 
incorrect disposal and one correct disposal. Well, not correct disposal, you know what I mean, like one effective disposal out of six. So he's a passenger apart from getting hit out. You know, that you can't afford to carry a, a Ruckman anymore in this modern game. Compared to Wits, who was dynamic, he still had 50%. You can't expect the big fellas to be perfect. But, yeah, I, I reckon um, pressure, pressure on the ball. Fremantle had a tremendous amount of pressure acts, and our guys were almost out on their feet at times trying to get the ball back or trying to limit the, the run of the other team. So both the both of the game plans were very negating, and that led to some pretty ugly footy at times. Yeah. Well, it was our young guns that, again, stood up this week. Uh, you mentioned pressure acts just then. Jack Bowes had 25 pressure acts. That was one yeah. of the game high um, mm. for the Suns players. Um Charlie Ballard had 100% disposal efficiency on a dirty yeah. day for disposals, and he had 16 disposals. So yeah. it was these young players that really stood up and you know, provided the base and the foundation for a few of the more senior heads to to prevail. I mean, I think it's universal that Harbrow was best on ground, but we'll get to that later. Mm. Um, I mean, Swallow had one goal, 30 disposals, 16 contested possessions, and nine clearances. He was just as influential in that game as what Nat Fife is, and Nat Fife is, Nat Fife is a superstar. Mm, but I guess normally Swallow would go to Fife and that, that, would, that would really take the edge off Swallow's performance and not necessarily off Fife's because there's a fair, fair sort of discrepancy between the size. It was Jack Bowes who played on Fife for probably half the game. And Fiorini um, on the other half, and they were both sensational. Yeah, and well, every now and then Miller would turn up and, and get in, as you predicted. Uh, it wasn't for the whole game, but every now and then Miller would just get in his face because there's a huge difference in size between the two of them. But uh, the, probably one of the key moments of the game was when Miller got Fife for holding the ball, and you didn't see Fife that influential after that for a while. So, you know, I mean, no one get, wants to get pinged for holding the ball, but if you're going to take their their best player out of the middle of the contest... And, and get a free kick against him and, and really turn the momentum, you, you know, you, you've got a real psychological advantage, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And a lot of the Frio midfielders that we discussed last week that would be the key to us winning, uh, a lot of them were nullified. I think the only one that really had a big impact might have been uh, Brad, uh, Brad Hill. Mm. Uh, Langdon was okay, but he wasn't mm. as damaging as what he had been in pre- the week before. Um, mm. And let's look at the metres gain stat as well because so many Suns are up there with that metres gained. The ball just mm. was constantly moving. And yeah. it was Harbrow and Weller up the top there, uh, Martin as well. Yep. Uh, so many others as well. I think we had about six or seven that had over 450 metres gained. So, yeah, and, and we're bouncing the ball again. Remember a few years ago when when Saad was the you know the the, the the bounce of the ball master. He wasn't that great at disposal efficiency. No. We lost him, and we kind of lost this ability to to, to you know just take a run. Well, we've got and Murdoch really... and Hanley standing up now to do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh, Murdoch, yeah. Murdoch yeah. made was a bit hesitant at times, but if he he got, if he had got on his bike, he probably could have really had an impact going forward. Yeah, he flashed potential, didn't he? He really had a couple of set plays there where he was the guy who was really getting the chain going and and or backing up as well. So sometimes the ball came back to him 
Um, I'm really excited about Murdoch because I don't think we've seen much more than the tip of the iceberg. And he 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 had a reasonably good game, you know, um, good good in all areas. You probably you probably like him to see him have a bit more of the ball. Maybe he's not quite getting in there as much, but you know, in a game like this, he did his job. Yeah, and I thought Hanley stood up and did quite a good job as well. Not as influential as normal, but he yeah, still yeah. played well. Um, and you were telling me it was actually the uh, anniversary of the death of his brother, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, th- there were times when I, I saw Hanley, when I watched it again, the times where I saw Hanley and he, he, was, he wasn't his usual self and then he seemed to have patches where he'd really go hard and then other times where he was a bit indecisive and I, I, I didn't think it was Hanley at 100%, but still Hanley at 60% was still good. Um, I, I think we're going to see games where Hanley's going to be the one to tear things apart. We I've said this ever since we started this podcast that we've never really seen Hanley and Harbrow in a game together really both busting it apart. And the day we see that, we're going to beat another team by 50 points. And we've got Weller doing the same thing now as well. And Jack Martin stood up. He probably had one of his best games ever for the Suns. A little inaccurate with his kicking. I think he had around 50% disposal efficiency. But when, yeah. he, when he did connect and get it going, he was influential. And he kick-started that set of goals in the last quarter, which eventually got the Suns up for the win. Yeah, he did. Um his goal kicking accuracy was sixteen percent, <laughs> which is just atrocious. But at at the same time, it was the goal that counted that he did kick. So you know you can't you, you, you know you you can criticise him for this and that. I I think one thing's for sure, the umpires do not like him. Um, I don't know why. Maybe because he's just got that. That, that extra sensory ability where he just goes in and, and, and grabs the ball and does these amazing things. I, they should like him for that, but maybe they think he, he, he flirts with the rules a bit. I don't know, but it seemed like every time there was a marginal call that went against him. And he, you know, he, by now, he's just like, well, you've only given me one Brownlow vote ever, and he certainly deserved a lot more. Um, or maybe thought, the umpires are just as bad as the commentators and don't actually yeah. know what the Suns players' names are. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly right. Uh, they probably thought it was it was Tuke Miller or something. Uh, that's certainly. Um, I even heard one of the one of the um, commentators call call Sean Lemons uh, Callum Archie. If anyone knows where Callum is, we'd love to know. But no one cited him for a while. But um, it was Sean Lemons in the stand, not Callum Archie, as Dwayne Russell called? Uh, but no, look. Um, Martin's in a contract year, and he's copping, you know, he's copping a bit of bit of flack from left and right. He's been really good. Um, I think people have just noticed his mistakes because that he doesn't make that many, and he's sort of been, you know, a bit rusty. And so, because you see him get the ball, you know, like he took nine marks. That's just phenomenal. He's not the biggest player, and a lot, and two of them were contested marks. I thought that figure would be higher, to be honest. And he took three marks inside 50. You'd normally take those three marks inside 50 to the bank uh, as three goals, but, you know, he kicked kicked a goal that got us going and got us believing, and that goal came from nothing when he had... He fooled six Frio players into, into rushing to the sideline, and he just swiveled on a dime and had all the time in the world to bang it through the middle, and... The crowd just went completely 
spaz, didn't they? They did. So the Suns dominated that game, it's fair to say. Just we didn't get the result on the scoreboard. We've covered the kicking efficiency. Let's look mm. at what they did do, right? Um, mm. yeah, they seem to... I don't think we won the centre clearances. I think Fremantle still won. But we did win stoppage clearances and contested possessions. Basically... Sorry, other other way around. We 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 pretty much halved it. They they um. It, the, the, I will tell you this: at three quarter time, you were right. They did. They were killing it at centre centre clearances, but we started winning them in the final quarter. And for some reason, they started winning stoppages at the end. I, I think probably Wits was just knackered, and Wits also copped a uh, football to the groin, which happened right in front of me. Did you see that bit? No, I didn't. Oh, he was he, he it, the last six or eight minutes. He was out on his feet. He was barely able to compete in the ruck. Um, he didn't win a a, a, a stoppage after that. Uh, he, he stayed in the game because he's a good player and he's a captain. But he was um, it was it was when um, Peter Wright was going for his goal. Uh, so so yeah, he was he was bent over and he was a long way from the bench. So he wasn't he wasn't getting any respite. The poor fella. <laughs> Uh, huge kudos to him because he kept playing. Uh, but, yeah, look, the um, the centre clearances, uh, they were going Frio's way, um, and then they started going the Suns' way. We don't have exact breakdowns or anything, but Peter Wright played a lot more in the ruck than you'd normally expect, and he, he just didn't have the, the figures for it. But yeah, I think Frio I, have I, got I, two of the, the better first, ruckmen. Yeah, the first quarter uh, with about... I think two minutes into the first quarter, they were talking on the radio as I was listening that Wits was off the ground. And, you know, they were worried there was some sort of injury and immediately, worst case scenario, jumped into my head. I thought, there we go. There's our season. Our most influential player has gone. Who are we going to use to ruck? We can't use Peter Wright for the whole game. This is terrible. Uh, Thankfully, Wits did get it back out there. He did get a bit of a... A warning for coming yeah. on a bit late in that centre square in the first quarter, but right. Yeah. He, the, the important thing is he's fine and he can play footy. But yes, oh, look, Sean Darcy's a big boy. He's he's the same weight as Wits. He's probably four inches shorter, um, three inches shorter. Um, he he's a big boy, and he was knocking the stuffing out of Wits at, at certain times. But Wits just kept coming back. They, they in the end they they, they halved it and. Not many ruckmen can actually have a, 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 a head-to-head uh, hit out, and Rory Lobb was going in a lot against Wits, so um, I think that was just precautionary. They brought him off because he'd just been, um, you know, slogging away, and and uh, and it was a bit back and forward too. So you get the big fella in the sun running back and forward, and Peter Wright actually uh, got us got the tap down for Tuke Miller to get that ugly looking left left footed goal that got us going. So. That was that wasn't that wasn't a bad period for us at all. Yeah, um, I thought we've already touched on our rebound with the intercepts and defenders, and that's another mm. thing. I just thought our defence held up so well, being able mm. to get the ball and rebound. I think that helped with Fremantle's sort of extra tall forward line, and yeah. they seem to be playing more up the ground anyway. So I think the Suns' zone defence really assisted us there. Um, mm. Any other? Uh, Strategic observations you made during that oh, game. Same, same, same. On the same subjects you're talking about, the the, the backline was was incredible. Um, you know, you, you've got 
Collins running up and down the ground, taking marks left, right and centre. Um, you, you've got Jack Homps choosing his moments a bit. He didn't... He, he, Homps was sort of more playing the, the Rory Thompson role where he, he didn't get a lot of the ball, but um, he certainly took a few intercept marks and had a lot of one percenters. And for his 100th game, didn't, you know, didn't disgrace himself. Um, but... Jesse Joyce, you know, he gets, you know, I don't know exactly what time it was that we knew Hall and Smith. We had the rumour, we thought it was Hanley that was out, but we had the rumour that a player was going to be a late scratching and Joyce was in. But that's not the best preparation for a game of AFL football. And he, he, he didn't have the greatest game, but he had some key moments in the game. Key, you know, he, he, I was really proud of him because it was a potentially going to be a disaster for him to have to come in at the last minute and, you know, not really be be coming in as, as sort of a direct swap. So there were players moving around. And he, he by the end of the game, he orchestrated that final drive where, where, where we've eventually got the ball to David Swallow. So a big mention to Jesse Joyce because he, he, got, he got the ball out on the, out on the sort of... Um, out on the sideline, and he switched it, and we and and I was hoping we'd be switching the ball a lot more in this particular game, which Frio were doing to great effect, and he switched it, and it just went through the hands, beautiful lead up, all the way to to kicking it to the captain because he's the one who's going to you know get the goal. So yeah, big big shout out to him and Ballard. Quick stat about Charlie Ballard: last year he had the worst disposal efficiency by foot in the AFL. For play, I think it was for players who played ten games or more. So for him to get a hundred percent disposal efficiency is a big, big effort for him, and it came off only only one mark. And normally he's making a lot of marks, so uh, his kicking in general play has improved out of sight. All right, well let's move on to our what a performance moment, a new segment here on the GC Sunscast. Lucky Weller, what a performance! <laughs> so. Uh, what was your highlight for the game? Mine would have been the the Sam Collins mark at the end. Uh, that, there were so many moments we could have chosen, but just that Sam Collins mark, the irony of him taking a mark against his former side who let him go a year and a half ago for not being up to mm. AFL standard. And uh, he comes through, saves the game for the Suns. Uh, it's been bandied about as being Leo Barry-esque. Um, probably not quite that level, but it's certainly up there, especially for me. What about you, Tom? Yeah, that that one that one was up there. Um, I look, there's 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 half a dozen moments in the game where I just thought, gee, how good are these guys going? Because as as we said earlier, it should have been a a, a much bigger margin because the Suns were that much better. Um, but no, my my moment was just yeah, I mentioned it before. Uh, Jack Martin, out of a clearance of, of all things, um, picks up the ball and none of them could get near him because he just wanted to wheel around and kick the goal. And we were 17 points down and he kicks that goal and suddenly it's all possible. So, yeah, yeah that was that was just a brilliant moment. But, yeah, there were half a dozen I could choose. It suddenly uh, as is. I mentioned, the, t- the tap down from Wright to Miller for, for him to get that ugly left foot goal in the first quarter was... Was a thing of beauty. The old, the, 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 their best mates, and came to get came up through the juniors together. So, 
Good to see a bit of uh, play, uh, hit-outs to advantage and, and a goal. Apparently, we, we, we've been scoring in these first two games, we've been scoring a lot of goals from stoppages in forward 50, which has always been a weakness. So little moments and they, they all count, don't they? They do. Well, we need to hurry up, Tom. You, you keep going over. We've got about five <laughs> minutes left. Let's wrap up the best on ground. Um, for me, it was Harborough with the three votes, Swallow with the two votes, and I'm giving Collins the one vote. So very much the eye-catching performances for me. What about you? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I could have named 10 players. Um, I'll give Martin one point for all the good things he did. And I, it's, a, it's a dead heat between Harborough and Bowes, but I'm going to give Harbs the two points because Bowes was brilliant on Fosh. Uh, he still picked up a bunch of possessions and did a lot with it, but he he's negating a five and he's just general play all around the ground. He's so good this year, Bose. He's just fantastic. I, I, I just think he's going to be one of the best players we've ever had. Well, we also didn't do the best on ground votes last week, so let's just recap what they were. For me, it was Swallow with the three votes, Sexton with the two votes, and Bose with the one vote. What were yours, Tom? <laughs> Yeah, I, I love those guys' efforts. Um, I gave Sexton one point, um, and I had I had to give Tuke Miller two points because he was just in everything. But to me, the best on ground was Braden Fiorini. Um, he wasn't so great this week. He still played his role. But last week, he was just amazing. Um, another player who I'm really excited about. All right. Well, we don't have much time left, unfortunately, to go over the Bulldogs game in depth. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you in one sentence, Tom, tell us what the Suns need to do to beat the Bulldogs. Yeah, we again, like like with Frio, we, we need to be able to withstand their, their big midfield. And I think a few weeks ago we showed we can't. So I'm not worried about this game. Um, I, I think it'll be close. Um, we, we've got the game to take it right up to them. Uh, it's a different beast, uh, and we go down to Melbourne again. Uh, so, yep, I reckon uh, Suns, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call it twelve points. Okay, well, it's been a combined total of fourteen points in our last two losses to them. That is including the JLT this year and the game in Ballarat last year. Uh, I pretty much agree. I think our biggest concern with the Bulldogs is stopping their midfield. Um, Bontempelli, McRae, uh, Dunkley, these blokes, McLean as well, they're, they're very dangerous and we need to find a way to nullify them. But we found a way to do it against the almighty Fremantle midfield, mm. according to the mm. media. So hopefully we can get away with it. Now, just mm. to finish up, we've put out the questions for listeners. Uh, we've, unfor- we've got a couple of um, responses back. The first, Fat Pizza, says Harbrow was his best on ground and the swallow goal at the end was his highlight. So totally agree with that. And the other one was one of our Patreon donors, Jack's dad, responded saying the Twitter response to Matthew Lloyd from Tony Cochran was his favourite moment. So tops to that. I mean, Matthew Lloyd said the Suns won't win a game this year and they're the worst list in 100 years. And uh, Tony Cochran turned around and asked how Essendon was going. So, <laughs> yeah, that's just good news. I feel like the media is finally sort of opening up to us. We saw some stuff last night on uh, Fox Sports. Uh, it seems like they're slowly opening, and I think this could be the start for the Suns to 
stop that negative press in the media as we finally gain, look to gain some respect. Yeah, I don't mind being underdogs every single week. No, but uh, if, I'm, not, if, I'm not a gambling man, but you know, we, we could have made a bit of coin on Sunday. No, we certainly could. If the Suns keep up their determination and their belief, um, you know, that they've shown in the last two weeks, who knows what we can do. And as long as they bring that to every game, I think Suns supporters and non-Suns fans around the, uh, the globe would be very happy with the performances. All right, well, that does us for the day. Um, thanks for tuning in and listening to the GC Sunscast. We love talking footy. And uh, we hope to hear from you guys in future episodes. Um, thanks for joining me, Tom. Yep, yep. And, and g'day, g'day to all of the players' mums. I know there's plenty of you following us on Facebook and players' families as well. Just a bit of a shout-out. First, first win of the year. And, uh, and yeah, we really appreciate your support. Fantastic. Thank you. Go Suns. Go Suns. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything. So you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com.